0: so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this uh, this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple.
1: I don't know, before we go into our study, I don't know if anybody has something you want to talk about, something on your mind you would like us to talk about so we could, you know, talk about it. Maybe a circumstance, situation, dream, whatever. Something on your mind you want to talk about.
2: I have I have something on my mind that... Um, you know I realized after I talked to you Liz this week that um, this younger generation that's coming it's like they speak a whole different language than we do not just in words but they have a, a totally different worldview. they um, they interpret words that we say totally differently so, um, I mean, I think it's appropriate for what we're reading in Romans because, you know, when we get back towards the end, it wasn't in my, my chapters I was supposed to study on, but, um, you know, we talk about how we have to be um, careful for those people that, that really don't understand. But we really have a huge generation gap. And um, just trying to reach them, it's just that I think the difference in the way that we were raised and the way that they were raised, that um, I think it the communi- it causes a huge communication barrier. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about.
3: It's true. I do. Um, and it's I evident. I do
4: and I think.
3: It's, it's evident that sometimes, uh, I'm reluctant to say to other Christians, male or female, that I love you, because the lexicon has changed the place that now it means something dirty instead of what it should be.
4: You
2: have to preface it. Amen. Amen. I mean, they're so programmed, and not only that, they're so programmed to think that everybody's out to get them everybody's out to oppress them, everybody's out to demean them, everybody's out to look down at them, that you can't say anything. So when it comes to the gospel, it becomes very, I mean, this is like a a brick wall, you know? Even good morning can come out the wrong way. (laughs) I, this is mom. I
5: don't think that uh, we should worry too much about that because we have something in our favor. We, we have God in our life and we've got years of wisdom over them. And just like Kay was talking, being a youngster and being in the home of her great-grandmother, her grandmother and me at the same time, she said she got chewed out three different ways on three different levels on the same subject. And I told her that was wonderful. That was the way God reached her. We can use that same thing today. We can use our love, our having brought them up also where we trod. and you'd say, listen, I'm not asking you to agree, but I'm asking you to be courteous and listen. This is history that is not being taught today. And it's not in anything you're hearing in the music you listen to, but this is going to affect whether or not when the end time comes and God calls his saints, whether you get to go or you don't. And I'll tell you, people that don't know you, listen. At least that's my experience.
2: Yes, I agree. Doesn't that work for everybody?
4: Go ahead, Liz. Oh, I, I agree. And I think that um, something I heard this week that you think in a way it has nothing to do with people, but it does. Um, I was watching a horse training show, and this <clears throat> horse trainer had gone just to talk to this woman and show her place. And she's like this big international horse trainer and everything. And she was She was not a good rider to begin with and then she was complaining about the horse and saying the horse does this and the horse does that and the other trainer said to her "Um, let me show you a couple things and he modeled a couple things for her and she was completely shocked in 10 minutes that horse was in perfect control and happy and doing everything perfectly and she's a good enough rider that she saw that the horse was really doing everything right And so she accepted that um, it was her, not the horse. Amen. That was the problem. And I think think, um, one day it reminded me one day being in a Bible study with some people and somebody said, well, how do you find the peace of God? And I said, you know what? I don't think I can really tell you that. You have to find that peace yourself. And you have to do it over time. And, and it makes me understand, you know, we can't listen to young people, you know, um, and young people are like that horse. They're fighting, They're fighting everything so much that they don't realize that if you're skilled, within a few minutes, you can bring them out of fighting everything and start doing something that's helping them helping them and helping their life be better and and helping every, everybody around them life be better. And it just reminded me that in a way, um, I think it's like what Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? And <laughs> Kay and I, one of the things Kay and I were talking about is young women who think a certain way, you know, everybody should have to put up with all of what I am because I know what I am. Well, that's great. But you know what? You have to kind of come along with everybody to, um, you know, you have to kind of come along with everybody. And if you've never been taught that, I think that's what it says here. When, um, you know, We're told here in several places, if you don't know what to do, you're not going to know what to do. So why are we letting the people who don't know what to do run everything? And we understand the why, because commercial marketing people went out and found who spends the most money and then said, oh, well, let's put everything marketed to them. But um, I tell parents, you know what? make your kids buy things and if they have to make money to buy things early and young they're not going to waste their money because they're going to realize this this is you know you just throw it in the closet or you throw it out in the trash but if if they have to do the work for it they'll start realizing the value and stop stop wasting all that money and um, so many parents have told me wow since my kids have to earn money and can't just go, you know, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. They're more respectful of their parents and they're more respectful of themselves. And I think we've just gotten to a place where it's time to just tell people, you know, you're not as smart as you think you are. You may have a master's degree, but you're not very smart. Yes, because a lot of the people I I deal with have a master's degree, and they, you know, they're terrible teachers, and they're bringing up kids to be terrible kids, and so it's time to say something.
2: Well, I think we should to get we should get back into the we should get into the book of Romans, but that's just what's been on my mind, and I think in the book of Romans it talks to us about you know, not eating meat if it causes the other person to sin and whatnot, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. It, so I think we have to just kind of, you know, pray for wisdom and understanding because it's us. That we're so accustomed to being around other people that just think just like us. That when we're yeah. with some, somebody that's thinking differently, <laughs> yes, we have the knowledge, we have the experience, but we have to, um, you know, contemplate: um, Are we attracting, or are we deflecting, or are we being effective? Like you said, with the the um, horse the horse trainer that took that unruly horse and was able to bring that horse quickly into um, the way that they should go. So we just have to be
4: mindful of that. Oh, I think so, because the chapters that I read that's part of what's in here is, um, you know, we, we say like, just for a second, chapter 11, says he asks, um, has God rejected his people? And I think a lot of young people think that God has rejected them, even though it's been them who has rejected God or they don't even know God. And when they see that you're calm and you're able to get through things, then I think they begin to say, well, how, are you, how do you do that? Yes. So, who has chapters
2: one through three? Was it Gwendolyn? No, she didn't pick anything.
6: No, sorry, that was uh. me. My phone fell off my hands as I was trying to uh, unmute it. It was me. Okay. So I have one to three. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. Should I um, start or? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh,
6: Sorry, yeah, I did say I was running behind schedule. So I got stuck where I went shopping. So I'm um, just trying to organize myself while you were speaking. Um, so yeah, uh, Book of Romans. Thanks, uh, Brother Mike, for that guidance, because he helped me, you know, understand the difference between the chastization in uh, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. So, if in Chapter 1, Paul starts off, you know, introducing himself as an Apostle of Christ, and um and then talked about um he was actually addressing the romans in this book so he started off thanking god for all that have um faith and then he went ahead to talk about us everyone um not just the Jews, but um, also the Gentiles about how we live our life. He went ahead to talk about um, preaching the gospel to all who are in Rome and to say that he wasn't ashamed of the gospel um, because we knew the the resistance that uh, apostles were facing at the time, but he wasn't ashamed to speak um, about the gospel that um, it was in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written the righteous shall live by faith this is verse 17 and then he uh, went ahead to chastise all that claim to be wise I will often say that my favorite verse of the Bible is Romans 1
3: 22
6: that's um, That's my favorite verse of the Bible where it says, professing to be wise, they became fools. And that, you know, talking to, you can see that in the world we live today from even what we're all talking about now about what's in our mind, how not just the young people, but people, the resistance, the gospel, people laugh at the gospel, people, think the gospel is stupid and they are so smart and they know it all they know science and philosophy and all of that so this 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 verse really speaks to that when it says professing to be wise verse 20 professing to be wise sorry I've, i've lost it just now uh yeah professing to be wise they became fools and sometimes you listen to some arguments from people who claim to be wise, and you just can see so many holes in their arguments. especially when I'm discussing with people, sometimes I, they come with science. I try to discuss the science and try to link the science to the gospel. And I try to link science to creation. And I ask them some questions and at some point they have no answers. And they, they, they then give me a response like, well, that's a random occurrence. Because, because really, <laughs> we don't know it all. And you know, in all the smartness, you know, sometimes you find them doing foolish, people believe in foolish things um, in trying to mock the gospel. So Paul was speaking to that here. And I guess this is not a new thing because he's always been with us, even before Christ. Um, as we can see here, he's addressing um, the you know, Gentiles, And he's know talking to them about their arrogant attitude. um, And then talking about how people worship creation instead of the creator, verse 25. Verse 25, he said, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Which is um, true because a lot of people believe in nature. You know, they believe in. If you look at even the, um, you know, paganism before the modern times, it was always maybe God of thunder, God of the sun, sun god, um, the water god. It, you know, it just creature The creation is what people see as God, but not the creator of that creation. And God and Paul was speaking to that here. Talk a, it was also talking about, you know, how humans filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedience to parents, you know, foolish, faithless. For I think all the words in the dictionary, he used it here. And then you can see that it didn't just start all, everything we were just ha- discussing right now and about the, the modern generation. It just, when you read this, you kind of like feel that this was actually existing even at that time.
0: Yes.
6: Yeah. It was yes. Ex- at that time. and um, so, But maybe because now. Um, people are a bit more bold, especially the younger ones. Speak out more, and then they can say what's in their heart a lot more. Maybe I think that's what it is. And um, and he, yeah, uh, he did even also talk about you know people who he he did mention something about you know people abandoning natural ways of relationships and men dating men you know female dating females. So basically homosexuality and how you know people have he you know, didn't just criticize the people that engage in the act, he also criticized the people that also support or condone you know mm-hmm. the act and you know have become accustomed to it. So that would be us really. And I've yep. become especially now we all hide away from speaking out because you're scared. Of you know what the response will be, you know, the attack you are going to receive. Uh, so now I'll move on to chapter two. This
2: is Can Paul, I just say it? something and in, in point yes. out something in, in Romans chapter one? Yes that please. I yeah. think um, in verse one, yes. it says Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated hmm unto the gospel of god hmm. and in verse five he says by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name among yes. whom are ye also the called of jesus christ so i think that um one of the things that he's pointing out there from the very beginning is he's mm. separated to the gospel mm. yes and when- separated to the gospel also so then when we are 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 dealing with other people that we have to understand that Mm. um, this is where they're coming from so um, maybe as we go forward and looking at it we can see maybe there's Mm. something in here that will you know unlock for us what liz was talking about of how do you you know how do you um how do you help teach um, in such a way that that um, people can come around quickly and not just mm-hmm. not just uh, offhandedly let it go? Obviously, God's gonna do yeah. the work. Yes. Okay. Yeah,
6: because I think if you, if you speak to them the way Paul spoke those days, you, you I suppose the generations are so different now. You know, if you speak the way Paul spoke those days, you probably wouldn't get anywhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was he's definitely can I, can
1: I come can i come in here yeah, yeah. just just to address that last statement yes paul wasn't speaking to them only he was speaking to us also
0: yeah. that's
1: why if you remember i sent something about chapters one through three yes which was supposed to guide us and that was not to fall into the trap of others who have studied romans When Mm. we read Romans, it looks like it's pointing at them, them, Mm. but actually he's not.
6: Yes. Paul
1: Mm -hmm. is accusing you and I Mm. of practicing homosexuality. Mm. I want you to read, when you have time, go back and read Romans 1 through 3 again. That's why I told everybody it's going to set the theme. Yeah. Paul is accusing you and I Of worshiping idols Mm.
0: yes
1: he wasn't chapter one wasn't at any particular he wasn't paul was saying you know what in the eyes of god Mm -hmm. this is how he sees you all so here you are pointing fingers at james or john down the road but paul saying whatever john is guilty of In the eyes Mm -hmm. of God, so are you. Yeah. See that if we if I'm sorry, I have to step in here. But that if we miss that point, Mm -hmm. and in chapter two, he continues and says, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to tell me you're a Jew. You're going to tell me you know the word. Well, Mm -hmm. I got news for you. Mm -hmm. You're just as guilty. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so." If Paul was alive today, the young people would listen to Paul. You Mm -hmm. see that? They would listen to Paul because they'll be able to understand. Unfortunately for you and I, we're reading Paul's writing in a third language. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the way it's spoken, it's difficult for us to, that's why until you read the whole book, that you can go Mm -hmm. back and analyze chapter one and realize he wasn't just speaking about quote them. He was yeah. telling. he was talking about us. I say okay? so he, even though he uses the phrase, country themselves to be wise, they became fools. That day he's talking about there's you and I.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Paul is speaking mm-hmm. in the person of the Holy Ghost. He's inspired, he's under a trance, so to speak, as he's speaking. Okay. Mm-hmm. So chapter mm-hmm. one is about the condition of where you and I are. He's not talking about any particular sin as being worse than the next. No. He's saying that these things have come about and worse are coming about because of the choices all of us as human beings have made. Yeah. Then in chapter two, he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know some of you are going to tell me you believe in God and mm-hmm. you know the Bible and this doesn't apply to you then he goes on to say how it applies to us who are believers in God in chapter three is where he now makes a distinction between a third group that's those who have faith in God through Jesus Christ and that is from among the people in chapter one and among the people in chapter two both Jews and Gentiles whoever will believe in god in through jesus christ we are going to be saved from the judgment that is to come upon both jew and gentile
0: Mm. amen Amen. all right
1: so let's so that's the that's the thrust of what we're trying to understand because the rest of the chapters are going to build on that foundation sorry go ahead and tell us more about chapter two and three yeah yeah you got you got um three more minutes
6: yeah, so chapter two, um, just to, um, yeah, to make sure I stick to the three minutes, chapter two went ahead to focus on the people that call themselves Jews and what Paul and what Paul was trying to say here was, you know, the Jewish law back in the days, it was the law of Moses. So it was more like a religious ritual that people followed. And they felt as long as they follow this ritual, then they were, you know, outright, you know, before God. Very so, good. so that, that you know, related to where we are today, where some people you go to we go to church every Sunday morning. Um, some like the Catholics when I was a Catholic who went to morning mass, evening mass, say the rosary every day. I did all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Pentecostals pay their tithes, you know, unfailingly every Sunday. They feel like they're following all the rituals. So what Paul was saying here is that he can follow the law, um, where you'll be judged by the law that you follow. But he, he who, you know, follows, you know, that you know, just puts their faith, you know, through Jesus Christ will be will be judged by their faith through Jesus Christ. Um, So if I want to be more specific about how he explained that, um, let me just read verse 12. For all who have sinned without law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified.
2: But
1: and is the... there any doer of the law? No. Exactly. Ah. So remember that that's the context in which we're studying this. Yes. So, so he says, well, look, if you guys can find somebody that's so perfect and kept all the law, okay, that person is going to make it but there's nobody and that's mm-hmm. what it's all about sorry for interrupting but go ahead yes.
2: yeah and i think verse 29 kind of summarizes that
6: yeah 29 um but a jew is one inwardly yes and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit not by the letter his praise is not from man but from god exactly that's exactly what he was trying to say here. Um, so quickly going on to chapter three. So chapter three, um, he talked more, you know, about, you know, the Jews and the circumcision, because this circumcision is so big. And I have to tell you that even in my culture, um there are a lot of people that believe that our culture naturally is Judaism, and circumcision is one area that they do not, that you know, they have a problem with Christianity. You know, this circumcision was such a big thing, and uh, maybe now I understand why Paul calls them the circumcisions. So, so some people believe as long as they were keeping to to this circumcision, the value they place in this circumcision, then that's it; they were right with God. So, Paul was trying to say in this chapter that um let me just read a, let me read a particular verse that addresses this um i think i should start from verse maybe 28 okay yeah, yeah let, um, no yeah let me go down a bit more um the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is the most popular verse in the Bible for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Okay, um, so he's trying to say here that it's the grace and the faith in Christ Jesus that would save, not the law, not following the law. Um, and then in verse 30, he says, "His God is one who will justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by the faith? By no means. He's trying to say here, no, doesn't mean don't follow the law. He says, on the contrary, we uphold the laws, but what he's trying to say is that is not the end of it. That's not all. And I guess if the future of uh, um, chapters, he will talk more about that. Okay, um, sorry, I've uh, used up more than three minutes
1: thank you very much okay. thank you very much that was very good at the end mm-hmm. Thanks. all right so who's, who's, who's doing four through six
2: I think mom's supposed to
5: do four through six aren't you no you told me last week one through three and then it, you assigned it to someone else so Okay.
1: Oh, okay, okay, oh. okay. I, I can do four through six. I read it all, I studied it. Okay, so are you ready to do four through six, Mom Logan? You want to do it? I, I, I could go ahead and do it.
2: Dad could do it.
1: All right, are you ready?
0: Dad
5: would do it
3: because I can't sleep oh okay well <clears throat> four starts out with what shall we say that Abraham our, our forefather discovered in this matter in fact Abraham was justified by works um, he has something to bo- boast about but not before God what does the scripture say Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Uh, from that uh, paragraph, I get that uh, we are justified because we believe God. Amen. Amen. Uh, nothing else counts. At that point, because if one believes God, then he lets everything else go. Uh, a scientist who thinks he knows everything and has, has degrees piled on degrees, when at some point he will run into, I don't know, anything but God.
0: Mm And when that happens,
3: even in his professional life, he will discover things that he did not know. So I I believe that righteousness comes from just what Paul was saying. That comes from believing God. Uh, The works do not do it. It's belief because the belief will direct the works.
2: Amen. uh, And
3: and fourth. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven,
0: whose sins
3: are covered. Blessed is a man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. David wrote. David said that, and indeed, it speaks to to the environment, <clears throat> this generation of Christians, beginning w- with Christ, that when we that when we believe, when our transgressions are forgiven, and it is only through the blood that they can be forgiven. There's nothing we can do. There's no 400 steps that we can crawl up or all the things we might do or to give millions to the poor or or give our bodies to be burned. It is only believing in God and and that we are blessed when the transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And Paul did not uh, did not uh, was not explicit there, but he could have said uh, covered by the blood. Amen. Because it seems to me that God could have kept Jesus in heaven and sent more apostles and uh, more more uh, pardon me uh, uh, more prophets. But only Jesus coming and shed his blood was was able to pay the price that bulls and goats and chickens and fowls and everything else and pigeons could cover. Um, And he talks about is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? And he goes on to explain, again, under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is- That's really important there who believed he said something
1: yes go ahead i said that point is really important there what you just said might have just gone past people's ears when it says abraham was accounted by god to be righteous before abraham got circumcised circumcision being symbolic for good deeds In other words, without our good deeds, by believing what God says about Jesus Christ, we become acceptable to God, even though we still haven't worked on our deeds. So I thought, you know, people should know that that statement about circumcision is it's more than circumcision. It's all about good works, good deeds. You know, sometimes Sister Liz always likes talking about you know, wanting the world to be a better place and all of that. And remember, I always say that's good, but it cannot be a better place until the number one is done. And number one is faith in God through Jesus Christ. Anything without Jesus Christ as the, as the root, as the beginning is dead works. The Bible refers to it as dead works, like being circumcised and thinking that's pleasing to God when you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ. Sorry about that interruption. Go ahead, Dad.
3: No, I think it's great. It, it, it needs to be said over and over and over again because it is so easy to believe it is by works. Uh, and so, yes, by, by faith. Because without the faith, you wouldn't do the good work. You you know, why would you do that? Why would you why would you believe to do anything? and more importantly why would you know that what you're doing is what god wants without faith
2: well i think you know paul talks about that and somewhere in here he talks about that where you know the people the people that didn't believe in god they did the right things even though they didn't believe in god you know they did the right things. so doing the right Mm -hmm. thing doesn't make you doesn't make you acceptable to god what were you saying mom
5: I said, that's the difference between faith and works.
2: Yes. I mean, Hebrews 1 says that, you know, God has spoken to all peoples um, in times past, telling us all what it is that we were supposed to do. So even people that didn't know Jesus Christ, they know what the right things are to do. And they know what they're supposed to do. And a lot of them do do what they're supposed to do. But that doesn't put them in right standing which is what righteousness is, that does not put them in right standing with God. That's right...
5: because they never declared their faith in God. They've got to start at the beginning.
2: Yes. Yeah, so. And we, that's
5: where people that's... fall on their face with works and belief in God. I'm a good person. I give to the poor. I do all these things. And you have to constantly bring them back to when did you have faith in God? When did you say, God, you're my father. I have faith in you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to follow
2: you. Teach me.
5: Lead you mean life. Jesus Christ.
2: In Jesus Christ, yes. She means Jesus Christ. Well, yes. everything
5: is about Jesus Christ today for me in this lesson. But these are the points that are missing in all of these other doctrines and things out there that, that they they hinder on being a good person whatever that means i'm a good person because i bathe today and i don't stink
0: I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> and yeah. i think to being in right standing with god is more than that also it's being in fellowship with him that you if you, you can't say that um like we're a fellowship um we have the natural family okay and we have a, a spiritual family, we have a congregation, that you can't just be out there on your own doing your own thing and saying that I'm under the blessing and grace of God because I have not declared myself to be part of his family, so I cannot be part of his inheritance without that. Okay, Dad, do you want to go ahead and finish chapter five and six? Yes. We just, we just want to just give um your overall impression of chapter five and your overall impression of chapter six and what you think is most important.
3: Oh, okay, I, I think chapter five, beginning with the first sentence, is a great thing. That, and it's interesting in my study Bible, it is. Uh, the, the, I mean, pardon me, the editors have uh, entitled this Peace and Joy. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have gained access by faith to, and to his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God Not only so. But we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know. That suffering produces perseverance. Perseveres character. And character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love. Into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Whom he has given us. Um, I think. You ask, what is the theme? What is this all about? Uh, The editors kind of pointed it out by saying peace and joy. How do you get peace and joy? Um, Until you have peace with God, there is none. When we were not declaring To be a servant of God. When we were not declaring. As the parlance of the time. Was to be saved. When we were not trying to. There was no peace. There was no joy. However. When we. Made peace. With God. By accepting his gift. Without knowing everything about it, but not knowing every place he was going to lead us, just like we, sorry, just like Abraham, not knowing where he was going to take us, where in this promised land, both here in this world and in the one to come, was taking us. And we just said, whatever you say, that's what I'll take. God. Then we have peace and joy. That's what I get from this chapter.
2: Amen.
5: So four, five, and
2: six. Where are you now? He's now. He's got to go to six. That was five. Somebody
1: else want to get Google?
3: <laughs> no, you got four, five. And
1: yeah, six. I, I can, I can take it. I can take six. I could do six. Go ahead. Okay. So it, in chapter five, he's told us we have peace with God simply by faith that we now have in Jesus Christ. We have seen all that Jesus has suffered. He didn't have to suffer for himself because he never did anything unrighteous. So all suffering that he suffered was for you and for me. Mm. Now we are taking his place of joy, his place of peace, his place of right standing with God while he has taken our place of torment, our place of judgment, our place of pain now we are in his place of joy and peace. That's what we saw in chapter five. So in chapter six, he begins by saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Since we have all this joy and all this peace and all of this stuff, even though we didn't do anything to earn it, why don't we just continue living in sin? Because salvation is free. And he goes in chapter six and says, that's ridiculous. He says the reason it's ridiculous is because you your sins haven't just been covered, even though when you read there it says covered, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that was a mistranslation in the King James and in some modern Bibles. It meant your sins have been purred, which means if you have received Jesus, the unction to do the negative things are no longer as strong in you as they once were. So that's what chapter six is all about, okay? So chapter six is saying that, yes, you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, but you still have some tendencies from your old life, but your old life doesn't have the sort of power it used to have over you. So now you could demonstrate some godliness By your new nature. Okay. So I'll give you an example of that in chapter 6. Okay. Uh, Look at verse 12 to 14. Chapter 6, verse 12 to 14. I'll read that. Everybody ready? Amen. 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 Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. For example, don't use your tongue to backbite people, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Now, what does he mean the dead? The dead is how you and the condition you were in before you accepted life. Mm-hmm. Who is life? Who is life?
0: These Jesus says, guys.
1: I am the way, the truth, and what the life. Okay. So once you accepted <laughs> Jesus, you have you accepted life. You now have life. You did not have life, no matter how good you were before you accepted Jesus. Okay. So verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. But what? Under grace. So now you have accepted Jesus, the power that sin once had over you is no longer there. You still have the tendency to sin, but you're no longer a slave of it. Okay? Mm. So as you grow, Day to day, you become stronger and stronger. Everybody remember the story of Samson, how he lost his eyes because he was betrayed by Delilah and they cut his hair and all. Everybody knows that story, right? Mm Yes. Do you know that story is really about you? (coughs) That story about Samson. Remember, Jesus said something when he came here. He said, you all study the Bible diligently because you believe, and then there was only the Old Testament, there was no New Testament. He said, because you believe in it, you will find life. Well, the Bible is that which testifies about me, but you have failed to come to me that I might give you life. Mm. So Jesus was saying, every story you read in the Bible is somehow related to me. So the story of Samson is his hair starts growing back again you would have thought okay they cut his hair his power's gone but his hair was symbolic of something called eternal life which is what you have now received so yes you might be down yes you might have made a mistake yes you might have done something you ought not to have done now you're born again christian but guess what the difference between you now and you before you became a Christian is that you are going to overcome that circumstance and hardship, that sin and situation you're in now, whether you like it or not. Man, yeah. you seemed... are going to overcome it. You are a year from today, you're not going to recognize yourself. It doesn't have anything to do with how much you fast, how much you pray, how. It doesn't have anything to do with that that helps but even if you don't even if you go to sleep from now till next year when you wake up next year you'll find that certain things you had a problem with a year ago you don't have a problem with them anymore and that's what Ro- um, romans chapter 6 is talking about okay mm-hmm. now um look at verse 17 okay no 16 and 17 it says know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of what? Doctrine. Doctrine. There you go. It's all about what you believed. You heard a doctrine. What you're hearing tonight is a doctrine. And if you believe this doctrine, it begins to work in your life. If you don't believe this doctrine, it doesn't work. Now, every single one of us on this call does believe because we're all Christians. I know that. So this doctrine is already working in your life. Even though you had never read this before, it was already at work in you. Aspects of your life are changing. Some people actually have eyeballs coming to their eyes. People who who lost their eyes. Are you guys aware of that? No. No? Yeah. Some people, some people who who had no legs or couldn't walk. They're just sitting down listening to the gospel and all of a sudden they can walk. I want you to understand what we're dealing with. This thing we're talking about is not theory. I don't know why I've decided to talk more about this part, but somebody, one of us, some of us on this call tonight, there are things in our lives that we have, we've just relegated those things. We're going to live with that till we die. You know, I have cancer and I'm just going to stay with it till I die. Maybe, maybe not. You could just wake up tomorrow morning and the cancer is gone. That's eternal life it goes Jesus says it goes wherever it wants to you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going does anybody know where that is in the bible John chapter 3 Not or John god. chapter yes John that's 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 the thing that we're talking about tonight the grace of god so whether you're a Jew or a Gentile whether you're a good guy or a bad guy If you have not come to believe in God through Jesus Christ, then you have no peace with God. We have peace with God because Jesus earned it for us. We didn't earn it ourselves. It's a free gift. However, it gave us something else. It gave us the ability to overcome things that used to overcome us in the past. Okay? So... I'll stop there. That's my um, You
2: have seven. Okay, why well, don't we look
1: at the last verse? The last verse um, last two verses, verse 20 22 and 23. Anybody have that? Um I, I like Sister Liz to read this for me. Sister Liz, can you read verse 22 and 3? Chapter but 6. But now that
4: you are freed now that you are freed from sin and have become slaves of God your benefit is sancti- sanctification as you tend toward eternal life. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 So let me stop there.
2: You have seven, eight, and nine also, Brother
1: Mike. Yes, I know, but is there anything somebody else wants to say before I continue? Yes.
3: Uh, When I was a teenager, my my father had a... uh, a preacher who was one of his colleagues who often came and ran revivals for us. And one of, uh, one of the uh, sermons I remember most was his sermon uh, entitled, The Devil's Payday. And it was based on the wages of sin are death.
1: <laughs> Good thing for you and I that we don't have to pay those wages. Amen. Amen. that's that's what that's what chapter six is all about telling you look you don't have to pay those wages you know you don't have to okay now chapter seven chapter seven begins with and you by the way everybody should know that in those days there were no chapters in the bible right
5: right
1: so so it's obviously just a continuation of whatever was taking place in chapter six and it says verse one and two says know ye not brethren for i speak to them that know the law how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth in other words you do, you don't see a corpse saying oh man i'm late for work that's what he's saying here okay so so he says the law only has effect on you as long as you're alive, or it only has a claim on you, as long as you're alive. Makes sense, right? It, to, yeah, to you yeah. and I, it's like, you didn't need to say that. Everybody knows that, correct? But there, mm-hmm. he's trying to get across a more subtle message. He's saying, once you can believe the doctrine, remember the word doctrine we saw in the last chapter? Once yes. you, you can understand and believe the doctrine that you no longer have to live by the law that the law will no longer have any power over you now we'll find out now look at verse 2 it says for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he's alive but if her husband is dead she is loose from the law of her husband now what does this have to do with anything we read in chapter 4 5 6 or anything can anybody tell us
2: Well, verse four kind of tells us plainly.
1: (laughs) Okay, go ahead. What does verse four say?
2: Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God.
1: Notice the word fruit. Mm -hmm. That That means a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. Do you mm-hmm. remember when Jesus went to look for was it what was it grapes or something from a tree olives figs
0: mm-hmm.
1: figs and the Bible says it was not yet the season. Do you all remember that? Yes. Four. And what did he do to the tree? He cursed, he he cursed it. Why? The tree was not supposed. The Bible says it wasn't f- fig tree season. Hmm. Now, let's all of us stop for a second. Imagine you're that fig tree. Because that's what the story is all about. That Mm -hmm. fig tree is you. And the Bible says that was not the season for the fig tree to bring figs. But Jesus went to the tree to look for figs. And by the way, he knew somebody was going to write that down in a book called the Bible. And that you and I were going to read it. And he was kind of hoping that one of us will say this doesn't make any sense why is well, he cursing this poor tree and the remember, tree withered and died remember he cursed it
2: yeah but if you remember other places in the bible when it wasn't time when it wasn't the season for whatever it was fruit that he wanted he went and he got it anyway he passed by um you know uh, a flowering bush in the desert and it would flower it would flower for him so he expects us when he asks us to bring forth fruit whether it's our season or not he expects for us to produce that fruit
1: yes but what's the message it's the, the what the message is that he has deposited something in your life in which you are expected to manifest that fruit It has nothing to do with how you feel or what you think of yourself. In other words, it's against the law of nature. Okay. In other words, you are no longer under the law of nature. The law of nature legitimately says this is not fig manifesting time. Okay. So you and I. There's something that we have that we did not have when we're unbelievers, when we didn't believe in Jesus Christ. We have that now. And so what you're reading here, okay, what you're reading here is that you're no longer under the law. You're now under Christ and being under Christ causes you to manifest the nature that actually keeps the law. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen. yes so all the nice things the lord demands of us are no longer things we're doing out of our own will they're things we are expre- we're express we're expressing and performing unconsciously because we have received a new nature now our old nature is still there and it's battling everybody remember when we started the um, book of um, second Samuel 1 first Kings, when it says there was a long fight between the house of David and the house of Saul. Everybody remember yes. that?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: And we said that the house of David represented Christ and the house of Saul represented our worldly religious way of doing things because Saul was a king. And the Bible says the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker, but the house mm-hmm. of David grew stronger and stronger. And mm-hmm. when Jesus comes, he's called the son of David. Okay. All right, okay. Let, let's not let me not go too too far aside because we have a lot to read. Okay, I'm going to jump to chapter 8. Sorry. It says, verse 1 says, chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Can anybody tell me what it means to walk after the flesh?
6: Worldly things.
1: No
2: the law.
1: say that again the law to walk in trying to be good as a human being in yourself not the unconscious function of the holy spirit motivating you to do things but you doing those things of your own self Remember, everybody remember the first miracle Peter and John did in the temple, in the book of Acts? Everybody remember the book of Acts? The very first miracle Peter and John did? No. Nobody remembers in the temple. They were going to the temple to pray. And they saw a man. And he stretched out his hands and he was asking for alms, asking for money. And they Mm -hmm. looked at him and said, silver and gold have we not, but Ah, such as we have, give we thee. Correct? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Everybody remember that now? Yes. He healed him. How many years did they say the man had been there? The Bible said 40 years. Isn't that the same temple where Jesus went and flogged people out of? (laughs) Yes. Why didn't Jesus heal that guy? He was an example. No, because Jesus said to us in the book of John, mm-hmm. the Son can do nothing of Himself, only that which He seeth the Father do, that doeth the Son also. So God never told Jesus to heal that man, and Jesus never did. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's what we're trying to learn tonight. We're trying to understand how to flow in what God has set you free to be, to be who He has set you free to be, and no longer trying to be a goody two shoes, trying to trying to do the right thing, trying to be good, trying not to smoke anymore, trying not to cigarettes will leave you. Don't stress yourself, they'll go. Any problem you're dealing with will go. Don't, don't, don't kill yourself. Okay. And that's what chapter eight is saying. It says, there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the unction of the spirit. Okay. Flesh here doesn't mean the world and bad and all that. How do we know that? Simple. Just continue. Verse two. Say for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of what? Sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? It tells me in verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through my flesh, God sending his own spirit, his son, in the likeness of a sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled through us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Does that make sense now?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. So
1: the spirit of God is working right now in Liz's life without her even knowing. Okay. It's okay to be good. There's nothing here saying don't be good. It's just saying don't look at your good deeds as going to give you anything. Look at the good deeds God does through you. Okay. You just, you know. You're just driving down the street and God says, give that, stop and help that old lady. See, it's about to rain or it's about to snow. And she's there with her. She's just coming out of the shopping, whatever. You say, ma'am, can I give you a ride? And you give her a ride. Okay. Now, you never planned that that day, did you? No. Mm -hmm. But you were probably on your way to a very important appointment, but she was just about to be dredged by snow or rain. So God is not against good deeds. He's just against good deeds that you thought up. Uh, that's the that's, that's message. You are a manager, not an owner. So if you have a lot of money, it's not your money. It's God's money. Can you imagine if I came back and my manager told me, look, he was feeling very generous. So he emptied out the cashier's register and gave it to the poor. My <laughs> money. Now, you have to take that attitude towards everything. It's not your right to decide when you want to be good. It's God's decision. Now, I know this sounds heavy, but that's what you're studying. That's why we said to study this book of Romans. Okay. Um, sorry, i have taking too much time. Let's go to chapter 9. Um, chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. It says, I say the truth in Christ. I line up. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all. God bless forever. Amen not as though the word of god has been uh, made not effect for they are not all israel which are israel okay um uh, let me see okay okay let me let me explain to you what he's saying here okay you'll see it better is reading chapter 10 is going to elaborate more on what i'm just i just talked about he's saying oh i f- wish i was lost from christ for my sake for the sake of my fellow israelites who are seriously serving God and doing all kinds of good deeds or offering all kinds of sacrifices, but are actually wasting their time. Ooh. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's what he's saying in chapter nine. He says, Oh, I wish they could come to Christ. Okay. Uh, look at um, the same chapter nine verse 30, to the end, 30 to 33. Anybody can read, please.
2: What shall
0: we... Yeah. Go ahead. Go oh. ahead,
6: whoever
2: else was reading.
6: Oh, no, I wasn't reading. I was asking for the verse.
1: Okay, oh, chapter okay. 9, verses 30
2: to 33. Okay. Amen. 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 what shall we say then that the gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness even the righteousness which is of faith
1: stop did everybody get that he said in conclusion what am i saying the gentiles who didn't try to keep the law of god didn't try to be good have somehow stumbled upon, (coughs) sorry, the righteousness of God. Do you get that, everybody? Mm -hmm. Yes. He started off this chapter by talking about his kinsmen, the Israelites, who are being good, all the sacrifices, going to the temple, doing all the good things. He says, but these poor guys think they can earn anything from God. They don't know God. And here, these silly Gentiles, they've never lived a righteous day in their whole lives. And I can't believe it. They're in the kingdom, and my people are locked out.
0: Yeah. talking about you.
2: 31 says. Yeah, 31. Okay,
0: good.
2: But
1: no.
0: Israel,
2: which followed after the law of righteousness, have not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, where they stumbled at the stumbling stone as it is written. Behold, I lay in Zion, a stumbling stone and rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed.
1: Amen. 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 So that's we're seeing. Remember when Billy read chapters one through three for us, we looked at the people in chapter one. It seemed like he was talking about the unbelievers and how they were bad and everything then just before you could say jack robinson he says wait and you who think you're a jew you know he also guilty so everybody's guilty okay so when mm. you read israelites here you can translate that to church folk mm. okay don't just think oh this happened 2000 years ago it's talking about today mm. okay and when he talks about gentiles here don't just don't think about you know anybody that's a non jew just think of people, me and you, consider to be bad people. huh? Gang members. Okay, <laughs> That's what he's talking about here. And he's like, yes. what happened? The church folk are locked out and gang members are now preaching the gospel. Mm. Yes. That's what he's saying. This thing is not an old book. It's today. He's talking about right now. It applies to right now. The Israelites of right now, the religious folk of right now, are the Israelites of today. Okay? All right. That's I'm done with mine. Please somebody has 10 through 12, I think. 10 through,
4: 13, mm-hmm. 10 through 12. 10 through 13, yes. Okay. In chapter 10 um he talks about what what he what he's trying to say is that his prayer is for the Israelites that he wants them to be saved and he's talking about that they're zealous but um what you were saying is that if they do all the law it, it isn't gonna be any guarantee. Like if I if I do all the law that doesn't guarantee that I will get what it is the justice of God. Yes. And if I if I doing the law from without the right heart to, to do that. And he says don't say in your heart in chapter and verse six he says don't say in your heart who shall go to heaven and who shall go down into the abyss. Because he says, um, if you confess with your lips but don't believe in your heart, that doesn't make any sense. You're, you're not you're not making that. And I think that is a very, very important part because we have um churches and homes and people, groups of people that um, spend their time with the law not with, not they're they're telling everybody to do the law rather than to open themselves to Christ and even though with their lips they have said oh I've accepted Christ, they haven't because their heart isn't open to Christ so like you said when they drive by the lady in the rain they say, oh, I have to get to my meeting rather than call the meeting and say, I'll be a few minutes late and take the lady out of the rain. And <clears throat> so he says, he, he's t- at the end of chapter um, 10, he says, Isaiah told us boldly, I found by those not seeking me, those who were not looking for me, and I revealed myself. And of Israel, he says, all this long time, I have stretched out my hands to you, you are unbelieving and contentious people. And, and so then in chapter 11, he says, does this mean that God has rejected his people, of the Israelites? And he said, of course not. He said, no, God has not rejected them, as Elijah, as Elijah said. Oh, they're horrible people, and Elijah wanted them punished. But God God said, um, God gave an answer in in verse 4 of chapter 11. God gives an answer to Elijah and says, I have left for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee to Baal. And so I think he's saying... um, it's not up to us to be, to, to decide who God should punish. That's up to God to decide who who's to punish. And it's not up to right. us to look at a group of people and say we should, God is going to punish them when in fact God has chosen who, who is going to be faithful. And that faithful person might say, um, that faithful person might be, the very persons that we to we told god oh punish them and i think that was the part um that he says when he, when he says later that it's god's mercy in the end of chapter 11 he says it's the triumph of god's mercy not all the acts we do not how well we do the law and in chap- in verse 32 he says God has imprisoned all in disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. He and, and I think that goes back to, I think it was verse three or something, but I mean, chapter three, but when he, he says, the more we stick to the law and judge everybody else, the more we are breaking, you know, we are doing that judgment that, that God doesn't want us to do. So we need to we need to stop ourselves from from judging other people and being being making ourselves be the judge of God. Leave God to judge just do do what what we are hearing for us to do.
1: Sorry, what chapter and verse so, is that?
4: Chapter eleven. It, it was in chapter what was it? Right at the beginning of he says, um, chapter two, God's just judgment, chapter two, verse one. That is why That is why every
0: one of you who judges another
4: is inexcusable. Is that, that chapter? Where, chapter
0: sorry,
1: what chapter? Two, 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 Are we doing verse chapter one? two or 11? We're no, doing I'm doing chapter... number
4: 11. and I'm saying the triumph of God's mercy is we have to have faith in God's mercy, not not in our ability to punish other people. And that's what. And it was further in chapter two, verse one. That's what he's saying. Don't don't judge other people. And in and and
1: sorry, can chapter, we can we go can we go back to chapter can we go back to chapter two, verse one? Let's see that. Is it the one that where it says? Where Thou, thou art inexcusable, oh man, if thou doest this thing and judges right. others. And then, yes. Okay, okay.
4: Right, because right. he, he just told all the law and then he says, this is why every one of you who judges another. It's inexcusable. And in this chapter 11, verse 30, he says, just as you were once disobedient to God and now have received mercy so have they become disobedient. And God wishes to show you mercy, and he will show them mercy. So he's showing that he's talking, I think he's saying, again, that it's God's mercy, not our mercy. So when we, I think what you were saying is when we when we stop and pick up the little lady in the rain, we're not doing it because we're such a good person, we're doing it because God moves us to do these merciful things. In chapter twelve he says, Be ready to be ready to sacrifice things that are that are important to you. Um it says, Do not conform yourself to this age. And I think a lot of people take that one verse, do not conform yourself to this age and they, um, use it to judge other people rather than to talk about yourself and be trans and so he's saying don't be don't stay 12 years old grow up and be when you're 20 be and when you're 30 be when you're 50 be when you're 80 be when you're 100 don't be just con- don't just say oh well I'm 12 and I'll get all this plastic surgery and Everyone will think I'm good and young and whatever. But just be who you are. So it says
2: in chapter twelve, verse let, two. Listen,
4: this is chapter just yes, chapter was chapter twelve, verse two. Do not conform yourselves in this age. Be transformed in your renewal. And I think that means you can't. You can't just say, oh. Every Sunday I go to church and say this little prayer. So that means I'm a good person. You have to take that prayer out into the world and be that spirit and listen. Listen. And when God tells you what it is you're supposed to do, then do that. Rather than make yourself a plan that say, when I do this plan, I'll be a good person.
2: Yeah, can you read the whole of verse two? Can you read the whole of verse
4: two? Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by renewal of your mind so that you may judge what is God's will, what is good and pleasing and perfect. And I think that's a very important part of, um, like I said, not just go to church and say, well, I went to church and I said all the prayers perfectly, so now I'm saved for the week i think you need to say i went to church and i said all the prayers and it renewed my commitment to go out in the world and listen and do what god wants me to do not just go out in the world and do what i want to do because i'm going to come back to church next sunday and get saved again, Over again. Yeah, although think... good here in in chapter 12 verse 9 he says your love must be sincere so we can't we can't say if I work at the food bank that that will help me out because um if we're going to go to the food bank be sincere be there and help other people and you know I mean be loving to those people serve them and say um if my brother came through the door, if my sister, if my mother came through the door, how would I want them treated? And so he says um, in chapter 11, and verse eleven, "Do not grow slack, but be fervent." And I think that's how sometimes he's talking about how sometimes you see people, and and they are doing the things. They're giving out some food. They're giving out some. They're giving out whatever they pay some money so a bus can go around and pick people up, but they're not giving the love. And and then he says, if he is thirsty in chapter verse twenty, he says, if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. By this, you are heap burning coals on his head. I think he's telling us, you if you do it without the love you're making, by heaping burning coals, you're making the person feel worse about themselves rather than than helping them know they're God's child and it's time for them to start through that gate and start accepting God and Jesus for themselves. And in chapter 13, I always struggle with chapter 13 But chapter 13 is about obedience to authority and fulfilling the law and the use of your time. And again, this, to me, is if you do all those things, do them with the love of God. Do them with the honor of God. Don't just do them because um, if I I pay my taxes on time, if I... um, don't drive fast. If I obey every law, I'm a good person. But because do them because God has put some people in the place that said if we pay these taxes, um, we can take care of, help take care of other people and help do things. But I think many times we say, oh, I paid my taxes, let somebody else do the job. And that's not we we can't do that we have to keep keep the love inside ourselves and if we paid those taxes and set up programs we have to go back and make sure that we are the part of the love that's there not just go back and tell the other people you're not doing it right so then that's where i think he says um he talks about the law and fulfilling the law, and he says love fulfills the law. And I think, I think what he's saying there, he so, says, "You shall in verse nine, you shall love your neighbor as yourself," and ten, love never wrongs the neighbor. And I think that's really hard for a lot of us because most of us are harming ourselves to begin with. So I think as you um, accept. I think kind of what Brother Mike was saying: as you accept the Spirit into yourself, um, you begin to treat yourself better with love, and um, because that's the Spirit of Jesus in ourselves, so we should, so we take care of ourselves. And it says in using your time, if he says, take care to do all these things. Well, this is the hour to wake from sleep. And I think rather than accuse people, that's a beautiful way of saying, you've been asleep, now wake up and, and do, the, do the good things. Um, rather than get out of bed and plod along and do this, because in the end, it'll all come around and we'll get what we want. And he says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought that was really good is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. So I think he's I think he's really telling us to let that spirit of Jesus just wash through us, be through us, fulfill us, and then we will use our time. Um and he, he in verse 12, he calls it the armor of light, and I like that. So I think, you know, as far as, like, being, wish it, you know, wanting the world to be a better place, I think we all have to help other people to put on that armor of light. And since I'm a horse trainer, I'm going to go back to my horse training story is that horseman didn't come in and tell that lady how bad of a horse trainer she was. He he came and showed the horse light and it shed light on that lady that the more bits and the more tie downs and the more everything she put on that horse. She was not she was not making that horse be a happy, joyful horse by opening herself and letting that horse be happy at what he was doing. She and the horse both had a better experience. And I think that's what this tells us here. If you open yourself to Jesus, you're gonna have a better experience of serving God than you're gonna have if you're just getting up in the morning and going, oh, I have to go serve these people today.
1: Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Sister Liz. Yes. I think if we can just look just one more time at chapter 12, verse 2, that um, when I think of chapter 12, verse 2, it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that what we're supposed to be doing is... Transf—changing the way that we, the way that we, um, un- our understanding of who God is, who Jesus Christ is, and how He thinks about things, rather than the way that we've been taught by the world and by tradition to think about things, only then yeah. will will we really be able to understand and to be able to love without dissimulation that um, so we're not so we're treating everybody the same way we treat our best friend, even if it's somebody that we really don't like that um, we can't we can't turn a switch in our mind to the channel that Jesus is on if we don't study about him and and try to really dig in and understand what is it that he, it's about this or what is it that he thinks about that and how is that different from the way that I've been thinking all along so it's just a matter of shedding that those old quote-unquote works of darkness that old way of thinking to come into the new way of thinking right so in chapter 14 it starts off saying him that is weak in the faith receive ye but not to doubtful disputa- dis- disputations." So in other words, if somebody really isn't strong in the faith, they really don't know who Jesus is, they're still thinking the way that the world thinks. Don't get into a bunch of, of um, arguments with them about nonsense stuff. That's what I think that is what they mean by doubtful disputations. And then it goes on to give examples. For one believeth that he can eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Um, You know, one person thinks that a particular day is important. Um, Another one thinks every day is just the like. So we have to to get beyond that. And um, then in verse 14, in chapter 14, it says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing in unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But, and then in verse 15 it says, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest not, thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, in other words, that um, we have to find a way to um, show other people that that are that we're trying to bring along and ourselves what it is. What is it that Jesus has to say about something, or what is his opinion of something, and get away from all of these legal disputes, that we're not here to um, split hairs over the law. That's not what we're about, but we're the, we're called to try to see the world the way that God sees, the way that Jesus sees the world, not the way that the world wants us to see things and then in chapter 15 in verse 1 it says we then are that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification for even christ pleased not himself but as it is written The reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded, one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." Um, so I think, um, it's kind of like, you know, Liz, what you were talking about with the story of the horse trainer training the horse that they were putting, you know, something very uncomfortable in the horse's mouth and then pulling on it and causing pain to the horse to try to get the horse to do what it's supposed to do or tying it down so that it can't pull away hard, that, um, that hard discipline on the horse didn't do anything to make the horse um, happy and comply, but showing the the horse love and compassion and patience and long-suffering and letting the horse see that, wait, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm just trying to work with you. You're more likely to get the horse to work with you. It's the same thing in our relationships with other Christians and other non-believers even, that we have to be... Um, more circumspect in how we treat people um and uh, paul goes on to talk about in verse 14 he says and i myself also am persuaded of you my brethren that you also are full of goodness filled with all knowledge able also to admonish one another Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto to you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Um, so, you know. We all have some goodness in us. We all have our, you know, our previous sinful nature. And we just have to be gentle with people, give them the teaching and be, you know, gently guide them to the Holy Spirit so that God can be glorified.
1: Sorry, could you read that last verse you just read again? Something about sanctified by the Holy Spirit say that 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 verse.
2: Okay, that's verse 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost.
1: Now, so. He's working on preaching to you and I. Mm -hmm. We believe, but then we cannot be accepted by God until the Holy Ghost has washed us yes that means the holy ghost has to get play a role in paul's good deeds paul was preaching and saving us but that didn't count if the holy ghost didn't finish the work did you notice that yes the people paul was presenting to god would not have been acceptable had they not been sanctified By the work of the Holy Spirit. Which wasn't under Paul's control. Yes. And we can apply that to almost everything we talked about tonight. That how it's good to be good. But just make sure we know that this good we're good in. Is what the Holy Ghost wants us to, to be doing at this moment in time. So that it is not of works. It is not our good deeds. It is what the Holy Ghost does through you that counts. So I I just noticed when you read that scripture that I thought, oh my, this is a good one to reemphasize. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Yes. Now in chapter 16, I really don't understand um, the first 16 verses, why they're there. But I'll just tell you what I do understand about about chapter 16. Um, In chapter 16, if we go to verse 16, 17 it says now i beseech you brother brethren mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine that you have learned and avoid them for they that are such serve not our lord jesus christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speech deceive the hearts of the simple for your obedience come abroad unto all men i am there glad therefore on your behalf but yet i would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil so um, he's he in the first 16 verses he praises a whole bunch of people that um, he's heard have been doing good work and have been good teach good and faithful teachers of the gospel and tells them to salute all these people but then he says but there are some other people Uh, stay away from those people and um, then he finishes off by at the end by giving a blessing to them and he says the grace of our lord and it's blessing us also the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you all amen now to him that is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of jesus christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So what he's saying here at the end is, okay, um, there's a lot of information in the scriptures that points to Jesus Christ. All the scriptures point to Jesus Christ and talk about him and and his nature, but it was kept a secret since the world began. But now It's 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 being made manifest by the scriptures that the prophets gave us according to the commandment of the everlasting God, which he made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. And um, to God who's the only one that's wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever..
1: Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. It's like we um, we went quite a distance, they almost an hour, 40 minutes on this, but I think it's been worthwhile. Um, we've all learned something about the doctrine of the book of Romans and how precisely each one of us has his or her own way and walk with God and that what's good for Dr. K is not necessarily good for sister Billy. Uh, What's good for dad Logan is not necessarily good for mom Logan. He says, but we should make certain that we follow those things that make for peace, that, we it when when god hasn't expressly said something was wrong then if you don't like what your brother or sister is doing as long as it's not something that god has expressly said in scripture he's against he says don't judge that person and i think sister liz you know touched on some of those points a few times um, about judging things as god judges not as you and i want to judge things um, so, I mean, there are other things we touched on, but I think the important thing to take away from the book of Romans is that your, your walk with God is personal and it starts the day you get to believe the doctrine that God has given concerning Jesus Christ, that he came, he set you free and that. Day in, day out, you're going to get stronger and stronger, no matter how low you think yourself to be now, he's going to make you stronger, he's going to make you better. That is the fundamental message in the book of Romans. Then he goes on to talk about our relationship with one another and, um, you know, why religious folk um, don't get to flow with God because they think, you know, they can earn the love of God Uh, and the people in the world who just believe God get to know the deeper things of God um, even deeper than the religious folk. I mean, so there was just so much in the book of Romans. And um, I think, you know, we. I, I personally was blessed today and I think we all did a great job. We all did a good job. All right. Um, I think we could stop here. Is there any special announcements um, that must be made or can we, we close in prayer? What,
2: gonna, what we're going to talk about, what we're going to study next week.
1: Okay. All right. Does anybody, I have no, nothing in mind. Does anybody have something in mind you want us to study? Um, Liz, is there a book, Abele, is there a book you've been thinking we should, you know, you want a study done on? Any? Um, Um. No.
6: I still keep coming back to Revelations, but um, I guess we're not ready for that yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> well, we can't read
1: the whole Revelation. If, we, if we're going to do Revelation, it's going to take us a few weeks to do that, and I don't know. We're not at that point yet, but we want to do that. Does anybody else want us to study you know, the Book of Revelation?
0: Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we can do Hebrews.
1: Okay. Okay, so we haven't done Hebrews, have we?
2: We did Hebrews, but it's been a while since we did Hebrews.
1: Okay. Uh, How many chapters in Hebrews? 14? Or 15, something like that.
4: 13.
1: Okay, 13. Okay. All right, so why don't we study the book of Hebrews this week? Okay. Okay. So, Sister Liz, you're probably going to do our... um, Division of labor.
4: Okay.
0: All right.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, Mom. Yes, it is the book of Revelation, but the book of Revelation contains the revelations that were given to John.
0: All right. All right. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay. I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay, don't be don't, don't don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go over these videos so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay, so I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us audio, you can always go okay to our website. You can see the online menu channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You could also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to you know hit the like button, hit the like button. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like button. If you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other medium like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so nobody will see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay, hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos.